Would you rather talk about your sex life or money life? Surprisingly, most people would rather not talk about money, how to save it or invest it. This podcast is about helping you simplify your money life. Delivered by Dr. Henry Joseph Sveck, a psychologist by training, Henry is a seasoned investor with over 40 years of successful investing in real estate, stocks and other alternate forms of income generation. Tune in to the twice-monthly podcasts to get his thoughts and tips on how to reach financial freedom. How to achieve the life you deserve. Now, here's Dr. Speck. Please remember this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult with your financial advisor or investment specialist before you make any changes to your investment policy or stocks or bonds or real estate you may own. I am not an investment advisor. I am simply talking about what I'm doing in our investments for your entertainment purposes. It's Saturday, October 22nd, 2022, and I wanted to do this special podcast today because I just got off the treadmill. And of course, I always listen to different educational, either books or other things to get a different perspective and a different opinion or be challenged with my thinking. And I started to look back because I'm now 66 years old. And I started looking at what's happening today in our world and and thinking back. And and that's why the title of this podcast is, you know, do you feel like you're hanging on a cliff ready to fall into the abyss of a lot of pain or even worse? And when I looked at, I started thinking about this because I was actually thinking about pretty much most of my uh, professional and other roles in life where I've always felt like I'm hanging on a cliff. Let me explain it to you. Um, the thought of that, unfortunately, I've never had the experience of actually hanging on a cliff, but um, the symbolism of it is that I'm hanging on a cliff uh, when it comes to a certain situation or task or challenge, say um, my experience in education. And so when I graduated high school, if you read one of my books, I graduated with a sum total of a 60 point, I think it was 0.3, it might have been 0.5% as my graduating um, sort of average mark. And miraculously, I got into university, had no clue what I was going to do and was not a serious student. She had no business actually probably getting to school. I only wanted to play sports. But when it came to academics, I always felt like I was hanging sort of on a cliff and that I really didn't have a path to either get off that ledge or to continue climbing. Every once in a while, something would come to mind. And if you can just use this symbol of maybe you find a little area to put your foot in so that you can sort of push yourself up and take a rest, or maybe even if you're lucky, a little cave inside the You know, I keep visioning this little cave where you can sort of hide in and rest and maybe there's some food in there and you eat a little bit. And unfortunately, there weren't a lot of people looking down on me that were encouraging me to find these paths. Most of them were yelling jump or let go or you have no business climbing this mountain or whatever that may be. And you can you can imagine this if you sort of put yourself because I'm not alone. I, I imagine most of you listening have had these experiences, but I truly felt that way up until even today when it comes to what we're talking about, which is investing. We're hanging on the cliff and and we're just 
hanging as we keep hearing this news about interest rates, inflation, stock market, all that kind of crazy stuff, and also the horrible things happening over in Europe and uh, parts of China and so on. So, so these are kind of sort of where we're at today. And I think what is, I think, not helpful is to think about this is somehow different than any other day. Because it's not. We're, we've always been hanging on a cliff, but economically, when we think of investing, it's been easy because we've had low interest rates, which, which has made anyone who could get a mortgage <clears throat> who bought something um, probably felt or feels like a real estate genius because the property went up. You may have even had cash flow. Now, if you follow what we do, you had to have had cash flow. You wouldn't have bought it. But you didn't have to test it out at 5% or 10% interest or vacancy or all those other things or buying the right location. You just bought anything. You buy a condo in Toronto, for gosh sakes, and, and you'll, you'll make money. Well, you're on the cliff, and all of a sudden, um, you're losing your grip because there's no path. There's no... There's, you don't see a way out, or you don't see a... a you know, it, it's always been easy. There's been an elevator and you didn't have to worry about falling because people told you, I had one banker tell me, you don't need to lock in for 10 years because interest rates will never go up again. Oh, come on, man. Seriously? And he really said that with a major bank. Of course, we lock in for as long as we could about a year ago. We could only get five year terms with the one gentleman we were working with for this small group of mortgages, but that's okay. Um, I think we're locked in until 2026 on most uh, residential properties. But the point of the whole deal is we've always been hanging from a cliff. Think of your health. Think of our health as a, as a group. And I was reading, uh, you know, I'll, I'll talk about uh, some of the books I've been reading because I've been reading, you know, I try to read a couple hours, an hour a day. So I go through a book or two a week, depends on the week, or I read annual reports. I read all kinds of things. So. Um, Annie Duke, who's a poker player, has written a number of books. And if you might want to just go to Amazon and have a look at the different books. And in her most recent book, she talks about life being like a bet, like a bet in poker, where there's always a probability that part of the outcome is based on luck. The challenge, she says, is to identify whether the outcome that you experience, say winning in a football game, she uses an example of the Super Bowl. I'll explain that in a minute. That the outcome, was it based on bad luck or good luck or was it based on a great decision? And in her argument, she says the only true skill type of endeavor would be something like chess. Where if you lose in a match of chess, it's because you were outplayed, you made a mistake. Now, in the football example, she uses the example of the uh, Super Bowl where the Seattle Seahawks, I believe, were, were playing the New England Patriots. Uh, Seattle's on the one-yard line. And if you're not a football fan, sorry, but I'll go through this anyway. You're on the one-yard line, and there's 28 seconds left. The decision is what to do. If Seattle scores a touchdown, they win the Super Bowl, basically. If they don't, then New England wins. So on the one-yard line, now, Seattle has a great running back at that time and a great offensive line, and you would argue that probably the chances are pretty good that you would score, let's say it's a 70% chance you would score, if you just handed the ball off to your great running back and 
pull your old line to go for it, you probably win. Well, yeah, well, you have a 70% chance. But instead, the coach of Seattle decided to throw. Now, if you throw a football, pass a football, more can go wrong than right. A person can drop the ball. Or the ball can get intercepted, and that's exactly what happened. The game was over, and New England won. Well, Seattle lost. So the argument would be, well, what, what was in that decision, that outcome of losing? And we're talking about being on the cliff. The coach took a path where, you know, if the outcome was great, they would have won and it would have been a genius call, but probably not the smartest. And it's kind of like in real estate and in investments and stocks and bonds, we've been, we've been throwing a lot of passes on the one yard line and scoring touchdowns and winning Super Bowls. And all of a sudden, that's not happening anymore. So the idea of being on the cliff is looking for places to get stable, looking for caves with food, and occasionally, which happened throughout my existence, someone would be yelling above the people who are telling me to jump and telling me it's going to be okay, uh, just do this, or go here, or what do you think about this? And I'm very fortunate. I've only, I could probably count it on one, three fingers. The first would be, of course, my wife, who's the most supportive and smartest person I know, who was always that person yelling above the crowd. Before that, there was, I probably had one teacher in high school. I probably had one professor at university who was yelling above the crowd and not telling me to let go and just fall into the abyss of pain and heck. And in business, I don't think I had anyone. And that was, now I should say, you know, I did have a positive comment or two from my dad when I went into private practice and started my own businesses. And so that was very helpful and supportive. And my father-in-law was incredible when I would ask him for advice on different matters. So I, I did have um, some people as an adult, but generally speaking outside of my wife, there was nobody. Uh, forget bankers, forget investment people and forget any of the pundits you see on TV or anything like that. So as we hang together on this cliff, and for me, I'm kind of comfortable with it, even though it might be scary for you. I'm just looking for crevices and maybe holes in the rocks to put my feet in so that I'm, I'm going to be okay and you're going to be okay. We're all going to be okay. And the question is, what would those vehicles be? What would those symbols represent? Whether it's a cave where you have food and you can sort of wait for a while, or is it a, another way up the mountain where you might find steps or even an elevator? And if you can visualize yourself today, you may already be in a cave or a crevice and feel quite comfortable right now and and I have to tell you right now I think I'm in a cave and, and I'll tell you how I got there the first is getting some resources together to be ready to pounce on opportunity because I really believe that's just around the corner the second find a way to be sustainable and I've been writing a lot in about the bees lately I write every day I'm writing a couple books on the bees and one is about investing based on the experience with bees and so that has to do with being sustainable uh, making sure that when you invest you get dividends or cash flow so that you can take care of that and the third is to be comfortable waiting you know over a period of time it's helpful to to invest in stocks and bonds and REITs 
and do it slowly over a period of time, which is what I'm doing. And that's my strategy to be in the cave. And I hope you can find one um, that works for you. Next time, I'll talk some more about this concept as well as some specific stocks that I've been digging and grinding in and some funny stories about what I found. I'm Hank for Shrink My Advice. You have an amazing day. Would you rather talk about your sex life or money life? Surprisingly, most people would rather not talk about money, how to save it or invest it. This podcast is about helping you simplify your money life. Delivered by Dr. Henry Joseph Speck, a psychologist by training, Henry is a seasoned investor with over 40 years of successful investing in real estate, stocks and other alternate forms of income generation. Tune in to the twice monthly podcasts to get his thoughts and tips on how to reach financial freedom. How to achieve the life you deserve. Now, here's Dr. Speck. Please remember this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult with your financial advisor or investment specialist before you make any changes to your investment policy or stocks or bonds or real estate you may own. I am not an investment advisor. I am simply talking about what I'm doing in our investments for your entertainment purposes.